So we are continuing our DNA series this morning. Last week we looked at what we believe, and Paul just did a great job unpacking that. I really encourage you to go listen to that if you haven't. Um, and it's just, yeah, that's the starting round, uh, ground to who we are as a community. What do we believe? This week we're going to be looking at serving together. Um, and then the following week we're going to have four more weeks in the DNA series. After that we'll be looking at on mission together. What does it mean as a, for us as a community to really go and be a blessing uh, in our space and to the nations and to take the gospel to the nations. Then we're going to be looking at life together. What does it look like for us to be in a community, small groups, those sorts of things. Then we'll be looking at generous together. What does it look like? To, uh, what do we do with our finances? What do we do with our time? What do we do with our energy? How are we generous together as a community? And then lastly, which will be the first week of December, we'll be looking at leading together. What does leadership look like in this space as one hope? So that's what you've got to look forward to. If you're not going to be with us, maybe you're going home, you're a student, I really encourage you to have a look and listen to those podcasts um, or those um, on our website, the talks from the series. And so what are we trying to do with the DNA series? It's a bit of a different type of series for us. The style's a bit different. What we're really trying to do is say, this is who we are as One Hope. This is what we believe as One Hope. This is where we're going as One Hope. As One Hope Church here in Stellenbosch, a local church within the greater body of Christ, who has God called us to be in this space, in this time? So we're really hoping it'll help you answer the question, is this the place where I want to put down community roots? We firmly believe that every Christ follower should be meaningfully connected to a local church, but is this the local church in which you want to put down community roots? If you've been with us for a while, maybe it's kind of a reminder of why you joined and partnered with this local community. And if you're still looking in, this is will hopefully give you some helpful handles around, is this a community, a church that I want to meaningfully partner with, that I want to give some of my life to and really journey with? So that's what we're doing with this series. Um, And as I mentioned, we looked at what we believe last week, and for the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at, well, what do we do with what what we believe? What do we do with what we believe? And one of the things we do with what we believe is we serve together. And so this is a vital and a major area for us. We want to be looking at, okay, how does our belief, belief is great, but how does our belief work out in real life? That's what we want to look at. It's great to have right belief, and we need right belief, but if right belief doesn't lead to a changed kind of behavior in our world, is it of any value? And so we really want to be looking at right belief leads to a different kind of behavior and what that looks like within the One Hope community. And so let's get cracking this morning with uh, my title, Serving Together. Can anybody remember the, the big idea, it was a few weeks back, that Paul shared in the first two sermons of this series? What was the big idea? It was quite a long thing. I'll give you the idea of how it started. Being meaningfully part, does anyone know the rest of it? Okay, <laughs> it's there. <laughs> you guys can read, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> okay, being meaningfully part of a committed community is God's idea of what's good for us. It's God's idea of what's good for us. And so this morning, I want to give us some good reasons and some practical outworkings of how we can be meaningfully involved in this committed community by serving together. And so you can look down on your chair, and you'll each find something that looks similar to this. Does everyone have one? It might look a little bit different. Okay. We're going to start with a bit of fun this morning. Uh, what you've got to do uh, there are six body parts. You need to go and find someone in the audience, or actually that'll make, what, five other people, and make a full body together. 
Okay, that's your goal. One, two, three, you can go. So stand up and go. Great. Uh, that was great enthusiasm, guys. Hey? <laughs> I'm expecting some really loud cheers this morning when the Boca go over for their first try, hey? if that's a measure of the tempo in the room. Awesome. And so I'm sure you figured out the purpose of that exercise this morning. And uh, the purpose of that exercise is that we need all the parts of the body, right, to make up the body of Christ. We need them all to be together and functioning healthily together for the whole body to be functional, be healthy, and be able to fulfill its purpose. Romans 12, 4 to 5 says this, For as in one body we have many members, as you all have had your little members of the body, and the members do not all have the same function. Arms do different things, legs do different things. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. And so to be a healthy, functional, committed Christian community, we need to be serving together. We need to be serving together if we are going to be a healthy body of Christ, each doing our own bit within the body, each being different members of that one body. And so Jesus said that there were two great commandments. Anyone know what they are in, in summary? Okay, here we go. Love God, love people. If we were to summarize his two great commandments, love God, love people. And he said, if you do that, you will be obeying every other commandment that he's given us as Christ followers to do. If we can love him, worship him, if we can love one another, love our neighbors, ourselves, we will be obeying all the other commandments he's given us to do. And so how do we love God? While we worship him and we obey his commands. We worship him and we obey his commands. And there's a ton of scripture to support that. I've got a lot of scripture coming up today, so I'm going to... Just state that. And one of his commands is to serve him, right? And so we love God by, worship, by worshiping, obeying his commands, and one of those is to serve him. Well, then how do we love people? Well, we love people, we would say one of the primary ways is by serving one another. That's one of the primary ways that we love other people is by serving one another. And this morning we're going to discover a little bit more about why that's the case. And so how do we obey Jesus' command to love God and love people? Well, one of the primary ways is surely to serve one another and to serve together. And so what is Christian serving? Here's a brief definition that I made up. Hopefully it makes sense. Okay, this is Christian serving, right here, on the screen. There we go. <laughs> it's a people empowered by Jesus to lovingly give of their time, treasure, talents, and truths for the benefit of others and the glory of God. It's a people empowered by Jesus to lovingly give of their time, treasures, talents, and truths for the benefit of others and the glory of God. And so that's a brief definition of what we would say Christian serving looks like and is about. Does anyone remember uh, Short Pants Dave? Anyone remember Short Pants Dave? Okay. Um, so Short Pants Dave, he was with, with, us, with us a while ago. He's gone to work up in the Northern Cape. I can see a wry grin on all your faces. Um, for me, Short Pants Dave was a guy who really embodied what it is to be a servant. I remember he joined us from, what, Pretoria a few years back, and we were moving from our venue up, uh, up at the top there down here. 
he was, in, he was in there with us, moving. It was his first week here, I think. Dave came in uh, with his joyful attitude, well, I'll do anything attitude, full of joy, and came and helped us move venue, um, which was just incredible. He then proceeded to get it really involved in Sundays, uh, setting up, got involved in our band, got involved in life group, uh, was serving in the space where he was studying at the engineering campus. Um, and he really got so slotted into this One Hope family that he got the nickname Short Pants Dave. Can anyone guess why he was called Short Pants Dave? You only ever wore short pants. Fact of the matter is, you only ever you only own one pair of long pants. That's a fact. Um, and so it's just so cool that he got so slotted into our community in a short period of time. It was maybe a year, year and a half that he was with us, um, and all because he came and he he served. He served us. He served others, and he took up his place in the family. He really fulfilled his function as a member of this body. It was just beautiful. And so that was short pants, Dave. If you're listening to this, bro, much love to you, up in the Northern Cape. And so serving together is really important for us as One Hope. It's really, really important. And why is that? Here's the reason it's important to us. It's important to God. Serving is important to God. It's important in the Bible. Serving is important for healthy community. And serving is important for those who aren't yet with us. And lastly, serving is important for us. And so it's important, right? (laughs) <laughs> and we'll see now as I unpack a few scriptures why uh, that is so. I can think of at least eight good reasons, and I'm going to go through them, won't take too long, why serving is so important. And these are reasons why we value it so much and why we value practicing serving one another as One Hope Church. I think these reasons will, will give you a compelling enough weight of reason as to why we would say if you want to partner with us, then you need to be serving Jesus by serving others. If you want to meaningfully partner with us, you need to be serving Jesus by serving others. And so here we go. Here's the first of those eight reasons. God has made us for good works. God has made us for good works. Many of those which uh, are serving. Ephesians 2 verse 10. I'm going to give quite a lot of scriptures today, so each point will also have a scripture with it. Um, This will also be on the website and the slide, so you don't have to document them all as we go. But here we go. Ephesians 2 verse 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so we, as One Hope leadership, would be doing a huge disservice if we did not strongly encourage you to serve one another. If we did not strongly encourage ourselves to serve one another because we'd be working right against what God has made us to do, what he has formed us to do, what he has created us for, for his good works. He hasn't just created us to breathe a whole lot of oxygen and then kick the bucket. He's made us for so much more than that. He's given us purpose in life. He's made us to serve. We really are made for that. And so we'll find, and I'm sure many of you would testify that as you serve, it feels like this is right, like I was made for this. And it's true. God's made us. We're his handiwork. He's prepared good works in advance for us to do. He's so caring that he doesn't just leave us to wander through this life on our own, but he's prepared things, purposeful things for us to do. So that's reason one. Reason two, God has gifted us for the purpose of serving one another and bringing praise to God. 1 Peter 4, 10 to 11, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. 
If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. This is from Peter. Peter's writing, one of the, servant, uh, one of the disciples of Jesus Christ, one of the most vocal ones when he was around. And he's, he makes a pretty clear point here. He says, if we've received our gifts from God, that's for two purposes, to serve others and to bring praise to God to serve others. That's why we've been given what we've been given. If you can sing, if you can do business, if you're an academic, if you can run fast, whatever gift you've been given by God, it's for the purpose of serving others and praising God. That's why he's given us what he's given us. Serving isn't about receiving the attention and the glory for ourselves. It's about bringing glory to our Father. And so what's God put in your hands to serve with? What's God put in your hands to serve others with and to serve him with? Here are five little things. You might want to write these down if you're taking notes. First one, what are your spiritual gifts? If you're not sure, you can find them out. We can help you do that. Your small group can help you do that. But what are your spiritual gifts? Secondly, what are the passions of your heart? What really moves you? When you see a little kid with no money on the side of the road, does that break your heart? What breaks your heart? What are you passionate about? Are you passionate about sharing and creating platforms to share about biblical justice with the local church? What are you passionate about? Thirdly, what are your natural abilities and skills? How has God made you and wired you and put you together? Fourthly, what's your personality type? Are you good with lots of people or are you just good with one or two people? How has God wired you in that way? And then fifthly, what are your past experiences that you've had that could equip you and enable you to serve others? And see, these are just a few little questions you could ask. What's God put in your hands to serve others, each of us? has received gifts from God to be used for the service of others and the glory of God. Each one of us. Thirdly, third reason, God sees and rewards our service of others. Hebrews 6.10, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love that you've shown him as you've helped his people and continue to help them. God is not shy about the fact that he will reward us eternally in heaven for the good works we have done according to his will and for his people. He's not shy. He's like, I will give you rewards. It's a strong motivation to continue to serve him and to obey him and to fulfill his purposes. As if going to heaven one day if you're a Christ follower and being with God in his presence wasn't enough, he's like, I will give you rewards on top of that. It's incredible. He's such a generous God. And we'll be rewarded because he sees and he rewards the good works we do in accordance with his will for his people. And so that's reason three. I hope these reasons are building one on top of one another. Reason four, serving is a hallmark of Christian community. The classic John, 3, uh, uh, John 13, 34 to 35, a new commandment I give you, this is Jesus speaking, he says, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. When we serve one another in love, we love one another and we prove that we are true disciples of Jesus Christ. And so here's a question to you this morning. Who knows that you're a disciple of Jesus? Who around you, who in your sphere knows that you're a disciple of Jesus? And if they do, how do they know? How do they find out? Is it because you told them or is it because of the way you've served them? and because of the way they saw you serving your fellow Christ followers. It's critical that we learn how to serve one another. As true Christ followers, we should be growing 
in our service of others, in our giving of ourselves to others, in our ministry towards others. By the way, the word, the root word for ministry and serving in the Bible is a very similar word, and I think it's actually the same word. And so when we minister to others, we serve others, and the other way around. I would say that our love for one another and our serving one another is probably one of the most attractive things about the local church to those who look in. In fact, I would say it's maybe even a forgotten about or lost key to evangelism, to reaching others, is just really loving one another well and serving one another well in the body of Christ. Because every single person was made to be in community. We desire it. We are desperate for community. We're the most connected generation ever, yet the most lonely generation ever. And so everyone desires community. And so if we can live that as broken as we are and as flawed as we are, if we can live that empowered by Jesus, it is a beautiful, attractive light to those who are looking in on Christianity. And so serving is a hallmark of Christian community. And then the reason five, serving is good for us. Serving is good for us. Acts 20, 35, I've shown you in every way, this is Paul speaking, by laboring like this, that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. God is so kind. It's incredible how God works. He knows the motivations of our heart. But he's so kind to bless us when we bless others. To, be a, to make us happy when we're making others happy. That's another way you could say the word bless. He is so kind to fill us with joy when we are giving out joy and we're giving of ourselves. It's amazing how he's created us. The more we give out and sacrifice for others, the greater our joy. It's kind of like when we're serving, this is at least how I've experienced, it's like the shackles of kind of self-focused, self-absorbed living just break off and there's just this like joy and this experience of freedom that we have like, Wow, and that's how God's made us. It's awesome. It's good for us. This is ancient wisdom shared here from a wise man, the wisest man who ever lived, Jesus. It's more blessed to give than to receive. It's true. And I'd bet for most of us, that is our lived experience. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Whenever we hear testimonies from the guys who've gone up to um, our annual Zimbabwe mission, they come back, almost every single one will include, we went there to be a blessing, but we were blessed. We went there to give, but actually we received. And that's what God does. He's incredible. Serving is so good for us. And Jesus says it in many other places in different ways also. God gives us as we give out. and fills us with joy. Uh, reason six. We are called to serve Christ by serving others. Matthew 25 verse 40. And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. That's King Jesus. If you know the setting of this verse, this is talking about final judgment, the judgment day when Jesus returns, and how he will judge those who are his and those who are not his. It's actually quite a scary verse to read, a uh, few verses to read. And so we're called to serve Christ by serving others. This is a key area of fruit in our lives. When you talk about living lives that bear fruit of righteousness or living for Jesus, how we serve and our heart and our posture towards serving others is a great indicator of 
Are we, are we plugged into Christ? Are we connected to him? Are we following him passionately with all that we have? Are we truly living for Jesus alone? And so I encourage you to go and read Matthew 25 and the last few verses. It's, it's quite incredible. The judgment uh, that you'll see there is quite shocking. <laughs> and if you read it, you'll see it's incred- incredibly clear that, that lovingly serving others is incredibly important to Jesus especially the poor and the marginalized and those who are downcast. And it's very telling of our relationship with him. It's very telling of our relationship with him. We're on to reason seven. We're almost there, guys. And this is an absolutely beautiful one. Here we just look at the gospel, the good news about Jesus. We are served by Christ himself. We are served by Christ himself. Didn't have to, but he chose to. Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man, that's Jesus, for even Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He did not come to serve, um, to be served, but to serve. And if you look at his life, if you read the scriptures, you'll see he just gave of himself, gave of his energy, of his time, of anything he had to others. But not only that, he went to the ultimate point and he gave of his life, of his everything that he had for our benefit, and for God's glory. This is the power and inspiration behind any of our, ser- behind any of our serving. It's the gospel of Jesus. That Jesus came and he lived this perfect servant life, and then he, he died as the suffering servant, and then he rose again as the conquering servant of all. He is the epitome of a servant. This is the good news, the gospel, that we have an eternal hope in Jesus, that we can be made right with God again through Jesus. This is, this is what empowers us for service, the fact that Jesus served us in the most ultimate way. That's, that's what gives us any power or strength or endurance in serving one another, because it's not always easy, right? It's not always easy. Some people are really hard to serve, and sometimes serving requires a real lot of us, and requires sacrifice. The gospel is the inspiration for us to serve others, and it's where we find true love, in our serving. How many of us know our motives can be so skewed (laughs) when we serve others, right? And so the gospel comes to change our hearts and give us the right motives for serving and empower us to serve. This is a moment that changed history, the gospel of Jesus, and it changes us. We can only give what we first received, and so the reason we can love people and serve God is that he first loved us through Jesus. He first loved us through Jesus, and so we can love and serve others. We can't, can't miss this point, guys. It's critical. Otherwise, we'll run and we'll burn out, and we will be getting all the glory for our service, not Jesus. Can't miss the point. It's because of him that we're empowered to serve and motivated to serve others. And then that directly works out into reason number eight, which is our last one. We are called to serve like Jesus Himself. We are called to serve like Christ himself. And so the classic uh, John 13, Jesus washing his disciples' feet, here's a short excerpt from it. When he, that's Jesus, had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord and you're right for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. 
Just a quick little reminder here in terms of context. Judas Iscariot was sitting around that very table, and Jesus washed his feet. The man who would betray him, very soon after that, he washed his feet. And so are we willing to serve even our enemies, even those we don't see eye to eye with, even those who might betray us? Are we willing to serve them? We can't do it on our own. We need Jesus to empower us and to lead us. Jesus set the example. He came and was in the very nature man, and he fulfilled the role of a servant. It was prophesied by Isaiah thousands of years before that he would be the suffering servant, and one day he'll return as the conquering king. And so what I love about Jesus is he's not this like, like the God of the other religions who's kind of just pointing fingers and not, you know, not helping to carry your load as well. He says, do it, and then he did it. He doesn't just say, you go and serve. He came and he served. And so he sets this incredible example. He's the one who is most worthy of service, yet he's the one who came and served. And so sometimes we feel entitled to service ourselves. We've worked hard or we've done this or we've done that. The one who is most worthy of being served came and served others. And we're called to serve like him, to wash others' feet. So serving is something we grow in, guys. I don't want to come with a heavy this morning and us feel like we're not achieving, we're not reaching God's standard. We don't serve in order to get into the kingdom. We serve because we're in the kingdom and we know the king who is the suffering servant, the one who served us. That's why we serve. We're not trying to just uh, kind of get brownie points for Jesus, you know. It's because we love him and he's in us and we want to come and outflow and serve and love one another and do what he's done for us. So we grow in serving. It's part of our spiritual growth and it's gradual, but it's constant. Jesus can help us serve. And as we renew our minds daily and as we spend time with Jesus daily and as we spend time with one another daily, we grow in these things of having a heart to serve and not to be served or to be self-serving. We become less and less self-serving and more and more other-serving. And so here's a recap of those eight reasons up on the screen. I'm going to read through them very briefly and then we'll move on. God has made us for good works. God has gifted us for the purpose of serving one another and bringing praise to God. God sees and rewards our service of other. Serving is a hallmark of Christian community. Reason five, serving is good for us. We are called to serve Christ by serving others. We are served by Christ himself. And reason eight, we are called to serve like Christ himself. And so this is wonderful, Bates. This is a strong motivation to serve, right? It's good reason to serve. If we're going to base our reason to serve on anything, surely it's on the Word of God, on the Scriptures that He's given us. Yes, it is. And so when we actually believe this stuff, what happens? When we believe that Jesus made us to serve, that He empowers us to serve, that He set the example for us to follow in service, and that He commanded us to serve one another, it must change our lives. This can't just be a nice to have an add-on or something that's just nice to hear. It has to change the way we live. It changes our lifestyles, changes our priorities, changes the way we fill our calendar, changes the way we budget. This is very practical in its nature. Serving one another is not something you think. It's something you've got to go and do. We're using our hands and our feet and our minds to serve others. It changes the way we speak and what we say. 
changes how we live and the decisions we make. It does affect every area of our life, and it must bring about change because we are all innately self-serving, not other-serving. And so things will change as we look unto Jesus and follow him and serve others. This has deeply practical implications. And so if you're not yet a Christ follower with us this morning, I want to say to you that we're a church. One Hope is a church where you're welcome to belong before you believe. You're welcome to belong before you believe. Let me clarify that. When I say belong, what I mean is you can find a loving community here. People who love Jesus and are following him and are determined to do that with all of their lives. You'll find people here who are willing to welcome you and you want to welcome you and get to know you as you get to know us. And so I want to say you're welcome here if you're looking in to the claims of Christianity this morning. If you're not yet a Christ follower, you're welcome to belong here before you believe like we believe. In order to meaningfully partner with us and to follow us in our journey of following Jesus, you will need to follow Jesus at some point along that journey. But we have seen it and we're, we're convinced that as you come and, and belong to this community, over time, your heart will start to warm and will start to change. And we've seen it happen time and time again where people then become followers of Jesus as they come and look into community and see what it looks like to follow Jesus together, as imperfect as it is, and see what it looks like to be part of loving, Christ-centered community. I want to say this to you if you are looking in this morning. You don't have to behave a certain way or even believe what we believe to come and join with us. It's awesome to have you here. Thank you for the courage of coming and checking this place out this morning. I'm sure a bunch of stuff has freaked you out, but don't worry. Don't worry. We love Jesus and we're following him with all we can. <clears throat> I want to say this last thing if you're looking in this morning. Serving is a great way to get into community. It's a great way to figure out who we are. It's what we do together as Christ followers. We serve one another. And there are many ways that you can get involved in this community. And so how do we serve together as this community? I want to say four things from Colossians 3, 23, 25. I told you there's going to be a lot of scripture this morning. Eh? We've still got some more to come, so I hope you're ready. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and the master you are serving is Christ. And so here's four quick things from that. We as One Hope, we serve willingly here. We're available to serve. That's how we serve. Secondly, we serve generously here. We give of ourselves. We're available. We serve faithfully here, knowing that it is Him we are serving, not ourselves. And finally, we serve gratefully here because we think about what Jesus has done for us on the cross as we serve one another. And so we serve willingly, not because we have to. Generously make ourselves available, faithfully knowing that we are serving Him and gratefully thinking about what He has done for us. And the great thing when we serve like this is it removes comparison that we make with others as they serve. It removes disillusionment when we don't see the results that we were hoping to see 
when we serve, and it helps to remove offense when you're not congratulated or noticed for our service. And so when we serve like this, it removes comparison, disillusionment, and offense. Galatians 5, 13 to 14, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And so this is another thing we do as we serve together as one hope. We serve together with a posture of humility and an attitude of love. A posture of humility, I come underneath to support and help and care, it's not about me, and an attitude of love. We welcome caring for one another. Okay, so here are two common obstacles to serving, at least ones that I've thought about. I'm sure there are more, but here are two of them. First one is, where do I start? So I'm convinced I need to serve. I need to serve others in this church, in the community that I'm involved in, in Stellenbosch. I'm convinced that I need to serve Jesus by serving others. Where do I start? And here's a great thing that uh, Jesus said and a great principle that applies to all of us is this. Our hearts follow our treasure, not the other way around. What we value, our hearts follow. Example, I've got Vodacom shares. They're very valuable to me. If they go up, it concerns, it, it's good for, I'm happy. If they go down, I'm not so happy. I don't have Vodacom shares. I don't really care what happens if they go up or down. And so what we value, our hearts follow after. Our hearts follow our treasure. And so I would say this to you. If you're not quite sure, you're maybe not feeling any specific area, like I'm not quite sure what to do, just get started somewhere. And as you invest your time and your energy and even your money, your heart will start to move in some direction. Start somewhere. You're going to see a bunch of people standing up here in a moment. You're going to see where they've been serving. Pick one of them and just start. Just get involved somewhere. And as you do, you'll see your heart starting to warm. Or maybe even serve at one or two or three and see where your gifts that God's given you kind of more fit and gel and work. Just start somewhere. And so where do we start? Just start somewhere. You're going to see tons of uh, options available this morning. And second obstacle is, but my motives might be wrong. My motives might be wrong. And I don't want to serve if my motives are wrong because then, you know, who knows what might happen. <laughs> you know what? There are a plethora of potential ill motives when we serve others because we are often so self-serving. And here are a few common ones. Guilt. I feel guilty. I want to get rid of my guilt, so I'm going to serve others. But ultimately, that's self-serving, right? Because it's trying to get rid of my guilt. Here's another one. Pride. This is a very subtle one. We don't like to think we're proud. <laughs> but how it works out is I go and serve because, well, I can help others. You know? I'm, a, I'm actually quite cool and quite amazing and quite gifted. So I'm going to go and give some of my stuff to others. You know? Pride. Here's another one. Legalism. Trying to prove something to God so that he'll accept us. This is also a very subtle one. It's actually quite hard to detect sometimes. Are we doing this because we love him and we want to, or are we doing it because we feel like we must? And he'll smile on us if we do. And that'll be good. See, our heart motives are so, so subtle and so <laughs> deceiving. And so should we not serve if our motives are wrong? That's the question. Should we not serve if our motives are wrong? The answer is no. We should serve. We should get stuck in. Listen to this. This is remarkable. And this is a beautiful thing about the gospel. The gospel doesn't just push us outwards to serve. Listen to this. It even makes up for what we lack in the very act of service. 
what we lack, where our motives are wrong, the gospel even makes up for that in the very act of service. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I can think of so many times where I've got involved and, and served and then kind of reflected on it and be like, oh, wow, that was quite self-serving. Actually, it was some ill motive kind of sneaks in there, you know, and you're like, oops. Um, and uh, the amazing news is, uh, the beautiful thing about the gospel is it pushes us to serve, but then it, it kind of come and cleanses us of these kind of unrighteous motives, you know? It's just so beautiful. And so while we're serving, Christ is so aware of all our motives, and he's forgiven us for those, and he makes us aware of them. A lot of them are unintentional. He makes us aware of them so that we can submit them to him and have his motives for serving. This is part of the journey of following Jesus. And so my advice to you, if your motive, you think your motives might be wrong, don't stop serving even if your motives are wrong. Don't stop. Rather do this. Pray that Jesus <laughs> would help you identify your wrong motives and give you the correct ones. So keep going, but pray while you're doing it. Lord, I want to do this for you. I want the right motives. I want this to be a blessing to others. Give me the right motives, Lord. Secondly, ask a friend to help you um, stay to account on those. So if you've identified something, that, Yo, I was doing this actually for my own glory, ask them to ask you the next time you're serving, you know, what were your motives like there? So you can... Submit them again to God if they were wrong and ask him to help you change them. And lastly, let Jesus sort them out while you're serving. Let him do that work of sorting out your motives while you're serving. I found that that's to be, that to be the best way to approach it. I was chatting with one of my good friends this week in church. Um, and he was telling me, it was actually such a beautiful testimony, but he was telling me how God has been kind of rewiring his motives for serving in church and changing his motives for serving in church. And it was just so vulnerable and beautiful what he shared. He was, he was saying it was kind of like in the past, it was almost like this tick box thing, you know. I do my, you know, two setups or whatever on a Sunday and then I'm, oh, I'm done. And, and if they ask me to serve again, well, I'm grumpy. <laughs> and, I, and, and people will know, even subtly, that I served extra. Um, and the beautiful thing, like he was sharing, is that God's just totally changed his heart and his motives over the last few weeks. And it's become a joy for him to serve again. And he's like, can I serve more? <laughs> it's beautiful. So God does do this. He can change our motives and our hearts. And thank you, Lord, for that. And so then how do we serve in this community? I said a moment ago that we're going to get a few people up here that are examples of people who are serving within the One Hope community and those who are serving from the One Hope community. So I'm going to call a bunch of those people up now, and as they come up, they're going to hold little signs or whatever of where they are serving, what area they're involved in. And maybe that's, if you're wanting to start out serving, or maybe you just you need a fresh encouragement of, wait, maybe I need to be more intentional about serving God in this area I'm involved in. You can have a look at the people who are standing here, and maybe God will spark something there. So I'm going to ask these people to come up quickly to this side of me, please. Just come stand here on my left. Um, M. Dawson, Rochelle, Amanda, Dev, Simon, Kev, Siggy, Beth, Charles, Ali, Sarah, Victoria, Megan, and Riley. If you guys could come stand on this side. <laughs> We're going to get them up. This is the reason they serve, right? To get all the glory, of course. That was a joke. Okay, guys, just behind the board here, if you can go get your, behind the thing, you'll see your little sign stuck up if you can grab those. And then stay on my left. Thank you. And then on my right, I want to call up these guys to come stand here, please. Michelle, Jono, Charmaine, Prisca, Bernie, 
Gordon, Maria, Johannes, um, the, uh, Veronica, Sergio. Is my wife here? No. Okay. Yeah, your guys' one's all there, and you can stand on my right here, please. Ah, Jen. It's, oh, look at you. <laughs> That's perfect. I'll keep it like that. Awesome. Hey, just line up on my right here. Come. Does everyone just hold your little sign in front of you? Okay. <laughs> come closer, come closer. Okay, awesome. <laughs> okay, isn't this so cool, guys? We don't just want to give lip service to the fact that we love to serve in our community. We love to serve one another. We love to give of ourselves for others. And so I just want to honor all you guys as you stand up here. And I know so many guys who aren't standing up here who are serving in these areas. I want to honor you guys for serving God by serving others in this community. With humility, with love, pouring out your lives for others. What a joy. It's just so cool to look across the room at all these different things. Serve Stellenbosch, Red Frogs, serving as a student in the area of education, NGO, medical, all these things as a parent in, within One Hope, as sound, music area, photography, video, events, kids, hospitality. There are just so many areas where people are giving of themselves in this community to serve others. I just want to honor you guys this morning and honor all of you who are seated, who are involved in these areas as well and in other areas. This is amazing. Praise God. This is what genuine community is built on, people serving together, serving our great God together, hand in hand, for the glory of his name and the benefit of others. Awesome. You guys can take your seats. Awesome, guys. This is my encouragement to you from this morning. I want to give you two encouragements. The first one is this. Take a moment now to think of one person, even an enemy, who you could serve this week, who you could give of some of your time, your talents, your treasures, your truths, and lovingly give them to that person for their benefit and God's glory. Think of one person, maybe even write it down, and within this week, go and serve that person. The second thing I want to challenge you to do, if you're not yet serving within or from our community, as you saw all these people were, pray this week, God, where would you have me be involved? Where would you have me serve? Where would you have me give of myself for others? And then write out a little plan and get stuck in. Even next week, get stuck in. This is not a pitch to try and get more volunteers or anything. This is saying, come and be the hands and feet of Jesus within this community and within our community. Come and live out what you were made for. Come and enjoy the joy that comes with giving of ourselves in our vocational areas, wherever God's placed us, within our community in one hope. Come and give of yourself in whatever way you can. We're all different parts of the body of Christ. We all have different functions, different capacities, different gifts and skills, but God has called each one of us to function together within his body so that we can be healthy, so we can be a light to our town, and so we can function together and fulfill the purpose God's called us as One Hope Church in Stellenbosch to fulfill for the glory of his name.
And so that's my challenge to you. One hope is we are a people empowered by Jesus to lovingly give of our time, treasure, talents, and truths for the benefit of others and the glory of God. Can I ask us to stand this morning as we're going to close? I was just imagining and thinking, what would our church look like if we all served one another in love? What would our town look like if we sacrificially gave of ourselves for others? It's such a beautiful thought. Imagine just a group of people so filled with the joy and contentment of the Lord as we lovingly serve one another for their good and for others' good. Imagine the eternal impact it could have in our town. Oh, Lord, help us to be these kind of people. Blessed to be a blessing. We're going to close this morning uh, with communion. And uh, Cez is going to lead us in that.